Hey church, hey, we're in the penultimate of our series and penultimate is a fancy way of saying second to last part of our series. Our series, His Story, My Story, right? And this great series and it's a series that's about ordinary people with extraordinary stories and what extraordinary stories we have heard so far on our series. This, this series, His Story, is a play on words, history, history, because it's about God wanting you to be part of His story. Because his story is my story. I love Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says this, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And that's how we overcome the enemy. We overcome the enemy by what Jesus has done for us on the cross and by your story. Your story is powerful. Lois is one of the elders in our church and she's been an elder for the last 10 years. I'm looking forward for many more to come and she's been serving along her husband for about 40 years within our church. Her husband was, was once on the eldership and now he's a treasurer. So they're a great dynamic couple and, and they're so good that they can lead along with me. So I've counted a privilege that I get to lead with them in our church. So here is Lois's story. Hi, uh, I'm Lois. Uh, I am the wife of uh, Peter. We've been married for uh, 38 years and we have four grown up children. And just recently, uh, I went up the front uh, because Peter and I had been married uh, for 38 years. And as we all know, uh, Ant asks us, what, uh, what's the secret? to a 38-year marriage and, um, you know, Peter talked about being friends and and I got the microphone and I said, well, actually, it's not all about living happily ever after. And everyone laughed and it, it made me uh, stop later on and think and go, you know, marriage isn't all about living happily ever after, regardless of what our fairy tales uh, tell us. And I just sort of pondered uh, a little bit on Peter and my uh, marriage and what we'd been through. And um, I sort of thought so many people uh, in the church uh, probably look at Peter and I and go, oh, they're a well put together couple. Look, they um, bike together. Uh, they go away, they've now got a camper van, uh, they've got four grown-up children, they're really fortunate, they've got uh, 10 grandchildren and they've got good jobs. And then I sort of thought and I'm like, mm, it's very easy to look and judge what other people are doing uh, from our age. And those of you that don't know us, you don't know the hardships that we've gone through and you just see almost like the end result. Neither Peter and I have been brought up in a Christian uh, home. We are actually the only Christians in both of our families. Um, we had a bit of a struggle getting uh, together to be married. We weren't able to, well, Pastor Kovic, because of the way he was brought up, he wouldn't marry Peter and I if we were going to have uh, alcohol at our wedding. And so, of course, um, both of our families were very, uh, well, I suppose, drink-orientated. Um, 
not over the top, but enough. And so that sort of set us apart straight away back then. While we were getting married, we had a uh, word, and it was that we would be a pillar in our church. And we also had a word stating that our marriage would be a blessing and a testimony to other people. And I guess um, looking back now, I, I recall both of those words. And I, I guess at different times, I'm like, oh my goodness, how are any of those words going to come to fruition? Particularly the rocky road uh, that Peter and I, uh, in our marriage, uh, have been through. And to be perfectly honest, it's probably only been in the last mm, five to eight years that we've really realised how important we are to one another. Our marriage to begin with, I don't believe that we were truly friends. And so if I've got some advice, make sure you are friends with your uh, partner, with your uh, boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partners, before you uh, enter into a lifelong uh, journey like we had. And we were actually quite young uh, when we got married. I was 20, turned 21 uh, in our first year of marriage. We ended up uh, buying a blueberry farm, so that was a huge uh, undertaking for us. And while we were on the blueberry farm, uh, we ended up having you know, four children. We had Carolee when we got out there and three more before we left. So that was uh, an interesting 10-year journey that we went through, knowing that all our children uh, were 19 months apart, except with Carolee, I lost a, uh, or I had a miscarriage between Carolee and Ashley. So that was um, quite hard going out on a blueberry farm, as you could um, imagine. So that first 10 years was just accepting or trying to accept where we were on our journey. We were trying to find ourselves. We were trying to find where we were as parents. We were trying to find where we fitted in uh, to the church. As we um, moved on in our relationship and with our own children, we went in, of course, to the school age um, era. And that, of course, as we know, uh, brings a lot of challenges. And then, of course, we hit uh, teenage years. And I guess for us as a couple, we didn't know how to approach our teenagers. We had four teenagers going to three different schools. We had uh, self-harm happening. We had mental health issues. We had things going on within our church, within our jobs. And it was a huge 10-year journey. We were trying to be all things to all people. So we were, you know, with church, it was like we were um, health group leaders. Peter was um, an elder in the church. And so we were trying to be the perfect Christians. We didn't want to uh, let on that things were... Uh, not so good in our in our home with our children, 
And that, of course, uh, causes you to become isolated without the help back then. And I guess looking back, um, if I can help anybody, all I can say is when you are struggling, don't become hermits, don't go into your caves, but share what you're going through. Share that your children are self-harming. Share that they've got mental health issues because there are people out there that can help you and can support you through this journey. And I guess the other thing is know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And so what I can um, just, I guess, successfully say is uh, all four of our children are married. Uh, They all have children. And it's such a delight to see how far they've come on their journey um, to see that none of them went to university, but they're all successful. Parents are all successful at what they do without the university degrees, without the higher education behind them. And I guess as a teacher, uh, one of the advice that, uh, or a lot of the advice I give to the students and the parents are find what they're good at and let them excel in that. Because not all our kids are academic. So stop struggling with them and their journey at school. Uh, Accept them for who they are listen to them, work with them, and be collegial with them. Just show an interest in where they're at, regardless of how you're feeling at that particular time. And no, I mean, people say to me and and Peter quite often, enjoy the time that you've got your kids at home because they're not there for long. And I know when you're in the midst of it, you're like, oh my goodness, don't say that because... Um, it, it is a struggle, but if I can give you some advice is stop struggling to be in another place. So if you've got young ones at home, um, enjoy them. If you've got preschoolers, enjoy them. If you've got a new baby, enjoy him or her. And don't try and be somewhere that you wish you were and now that we're in that position where Peter and I um, are uh, are here by ourselves with 10 grandchildren um, it is um, a good place to be but it's a new stage and what we've found is finding something that you can do together And I guess, as I said earlier, it's probably only been in the last five to eight years that we've become accepting of one another. We've become friends with one another and actually opening up and being vulnerable with one another. And I guess um, the number of husbands and wives that I've seen that are they just get on so well and they have fun together and 
up until now, I was actually quite um, envious when I saw couples just joshing each other and teasing each other. And now that Peter and I, I believe, are in that space, it just makes for a really, a really cool time of when we're actually looking forward to retirement and knowing that a lot of the things that we've been going through are behind us and knowing what's in front of us is we are friends, that we can get out and we are um, you know, doing a missions trip together, we are cycling together, we do enjoy um, walking and tramping together, but at the same time, giving time to our own children, giving time to our grandchildren, giving time to our careers, giving time to the church. But most important is um, giving and allowing time for our own uh, relationship. So just yeah, just bearing in mind your, your marriage, your family life is a journey and enjoy the time that you're at in this particular season that you're already in. Just know that this journey that you're on with one another, with your family and with God is not meant to be done alone. So you need one another. You need some really good friends that you can connect with and they change over time. So just think through who, who's there for you, who's there to pray for you, who's there to support you, and who are people that you can surround yourself for in to you know, pray for you and for you to be vulnerable with. Because wives, your husbands are not your all. They can't meet your every need. And husbands, I know how important wives are to you, but you also need buddies that you can hang out with and just be yourselves with. So I hope uh, amongst all of this that you've um, found a little bit of a glimmer of hope or something that you can run with and if there's anything that um, I can help you with that you're struggling with, particularly with mental health, self-harm. Some of you are aware that uh, our daughter had a stillborn birth. That's really hard. So if there's anything there that has brought up anything within you now, we'd be more than happy to pray for you, talk with you and support you. What's well, some great gems in her story. I hope you've been taking notes. There's some great things going on in there. It's that old adage, you can't judge a book by its cover. And as we l- listen to her story, what an incredible story. Because here's the thing, it's easy for us to be jealous of people in their winning season when we have no idea what they've lost during their losing season. So let's, let's support people. When you see someone, don't just judge a book by its cover. Get to know their story. And, and Lois, she talked about the struggles in parenting. And one of, one of the most common things that parents 
say, and especially solo parents, they say something like, I don't think I'm good enough. I mean, we all say it, I've said it, right? But nowhere in the Bible has God ever said that we have to be enough for our kids. Because God says this, He says, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But He said to me, my grace is enough for you. When you are weak, my power is made perfect in you. So I'm very happy to brag about my weaknesses. Then Christ's power can live in me. This is good news that can radically change our parenting. God didn't call us to be enough for our kids. He simply called us to be parents. See, we've got this pressure to, to kind of like, we kind of feel like it's all on us. That I've got to produce this thriving faith within our kids. And, and we kind of feel like that God is relying on us to produce these things. But God is the author and perfecter of their faith, not me. God is the one that calls them to salvation, not me. See, I can plant seeds of faith, but God is the one who makes it grow. Isn't that so good? That I don't have to be their savior. God has called me just to be a parent. The, see, there's this opportunity for me to point them to Jesus. This is what I do. I point them to Jesus. So we need to take the pressure off us. Take the pressure off us as parents and just enjoy being a parent. Sow seeds of faith and have fun. Have fun with them. And Lois talked about relationships. And, um, and so how do we str strengthen floundering relationships or we encourage healthy ones? And, and I love what Lois said. She said, she talked about kids and some advice. She said, you know, just focus on their strengths. And this is what we need to do within our own relationships with your husband or with your wife is to focus on each other's strengths, not their weaknesses. You know, we're each other's allies. See, um, Poro is... She is the, is the strength to my weaknesses and I'm the strength to her weaknesses. So don't focus on their weakness. This is why we're part of this relationship. And this is a very important message for us that it's never too late for grace. What's grace? Grace is this undeserved free gift of love and forgiveness. So, so let's continue to be gracious to our, to our husband, to our wives and to our children. And, and, and if you go to bed angry, right? If you get a bit angry with your spouse or with your children, come on, it's never too late for grace. The Bible says don't go to bed angry. Resolve those issues. Be more gracious to one another. And if your kids are 20 or 30 and you're like, and you're saying, well, I think it's too late now. Come on, it's never too late for grace. It's never too late for grace. And I love the story of Lois and her journey with, with, with her and Pete and her kids. Great journey, uh, great story. I hope it's encouraged you. So, let me pray for you. So Father, I'm praying for those who are struggling in their marriage or struggling as a parent. Father, I pray that, that may they realize that they don't have to be enough for their husband. They don't have to be enough for their wife. They don't have to be enough for their kids. That you've called us just to be, to be people who, who sow seeds of faith. And I thank you, Lord, that, that your grace is enough for me. So Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, church, I hope you enjoyed today's series, His Story, My Story. We look forward to seeing the final part of our series. God bless everyone. <laughs>